0: Hello, and welcome to Inclusionomics, a podcast that provides tools to all women who are challenged with finding or having access to positions of power. We help you navigate the path to being seen, being heard, and being included. Everyone is welcome here. It is an inclusion podcast after all, and we hope that you're here for all of that.
1: And we all know each other, but in this episode, we're going to get to know Stacy a little bit better.
2: Hey, Stacy, you know I know you very well. We've worked together for a few years now. But, Stacy, what do you want listeners to know about you?
0: Wow. Um, I think the thing that I want people to know about me is that I really am operating from a place of, it's a good place. Um, And I realized that I can sometimes be a little much for some. I, you know, there are days when I think, wow, this has been, it's been a day (laughs) because I feel like I might've insulted someone. I might've gone too hard. I might've tried too hard. I might've said too much. Um, But at the end of the day, I do all of that because what we do in this work is important. And, um, I do what I, what I do. And I say what I say because I really care about leaving this world a better place than we found it. And, um, currently we seem to be doing a terrible job of that right now. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, so I think I've doubled down on my efforts because I feel like we need to pick up the slack and, um, you know, I've I've been a recruiter, I was a recruiter for many years and found that people really did not have, um, they didn't have good intentions. All they cared about was making sure that they got the job filled and a commission at the end of the day. They didn't care what butt was in the seat. They just needed to make sure that that butt was in the seat for 90 days so that they didn't get their commission pulled back. Mm-hmm. And that's not the way that we're supposed to operate in this world. Um, I would spend time working really hard, doing my darndest to get people hired, even when I had company, you know, reps telling me, "Don't send me somebody with an accent. Don't send me somebody with long curly hair. Don't send me—I mean, just like don't send anybody in a skirt." Just the most ridiculous things that you would ever hear uh, come out of people's mouths because the economy wasn't that great and they could be picky, and um, mm. it just it w- it. It was not a fun time. And so that is really what got me into a lot of the diversity and inclusion work because I said, wow, if people speak to me this way and tell me this, I can only imagine what isn't being said. I can only imagine what is going on that people don't really know about. And I wanted to make it my mission to um, to change the way that, that workplaces work, which is why my company is called Rework Work Mm because literally in frustration one day, I just said, oh my gosh, we need to rework everything, onboarding, hiring, recruiting, work. And I was like, "That's what my company is going to be called." So prior to that, it was called the Gordon Group. It was very, very mm-hmm. um, creative. I know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love. I love the rework work. I always say sometimes just burn it down and start again. So, but why did you decide to participate in this podcast? Um, this podcast came out of just the idea that
0: there are so many people who want advice. They need tools, they need tips. There are so many times I find myself saying, I wish someone had told me this. And so I thought, you know what, as we're learning in our journey, as we're still still growing and learning as consultants and with our clients, but as we're learning and as we're finding things out, we can pass that along now instead of waiting and help to accelerate the progress that people have in their careers. And I really think that that's important. And I know that it's it, it's important because after every talk, um, after my online classes, people email me, they call me, they say, thank you so much, it was great information. And so I thought, well, how else can we get this information out to more people? How can we give them the tools that they need? How can we give them the tips that they need? How can we help people just recognize that you know what you're on the right track keep going don't stop you're almost there how can we give those that confidence boost and Mm -hmm. that's what i'd like us to be able to do i'm hoping that people will tune in and will um will get that from us and if they're not getting it that they'll tell us and then we'll give them what they need (laughs)
1: okay you know i have a question off of that and kind of both both of your last two answers the the what did you take with you into rework work that is particularly informative from your uh, recruiting days? How do you use that with your clients so that they understand that minefield? And how does it show up in your work?
0: I mean, it's, it's that's a hard question because there are so many areas um, of the talent acquisition and management cycle where things can go off the rails. So anytime that somebody has the power to make a decision, bias can creep in. And so from the time that you decide that you need to attract talent, write a job description, whatever your sourcing policies are, how you interview, how you screen, where you interview, what questions you ask, what process you use, who does the interviewing, what environment they do the interviewing in, what type of you know, industry they're going into—all of these things matter, right? Yeah. How you decide to, um, like, whether or not you're going to decide to to look look at salary, you know, past salary, and then you know you're trying to lowball somebody. Um, you know, all the way through from onboarding, how you onboard people and bring them into your organization, how you decide where you're going to seat them. Are you putting them in a cubicle? Are you putting them in an office? The hierarchy of your organization, like how you're going to promote, how you're going to decide who is going to um, to get a pay raise. Every single step along the way, there are so many different decisions and different
1: ways that you can go. So. And different ways for things to backfire.
0: Right, exactly. And so that's what makes uh, the work that we do challenging because people look at that and they get overwhelmed and they think, oh, well, I can't do all of this. So then they don't do anything, right? Mm -hmm. I I have that same, you know, that's that same feeling. Sometimes I look at all the things I have to do and I go, what's the point? I'm never going to get all this done. But when Mm -hmm. I sit and I focus in on one thing and I say, look, let me just fix this one thing today then tomorrow, I'll do the next thing. Tomorrow, I'll do the next thing. Then it gets done somehow. You look back and go, wow, look at what we changed. So that's really you know, the thing that I work with companies on is I'm not trying to get them to change everything and throw everything out. It's just say, like, let's improve a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. And if we incrementally get better, then overall, we're going to improve
1: so much. Is there... Is there a persona or a a type of company um, that's getting this right?
2: Mm, That's a great question. There isn't because it it
0: really goes down to the people and who's leading the company. So you have to, the the leadership has to get it. The leadership has to then decide that they're going to push that down throughout the organization. So whether your organization has 10,000 or 1,000, it really always comes back to the people. So, um, you know, and that's why I love the work that we're in, because no matter what we do, we're always touching people.
2: So Mm. I have to ask you this. What is one piece of advice you would give to someone attempting to make a career change? Oh, goodness. Yes. Um, So.
0: uh, Thank you for that question, because, you know, in my business, I, you know, I consider myself a, a career, you know, diversity, inclusion and career strategist. And that's because I look at work. Holistically, so I look at from the employer side and also from the employee side The employer needs to do things but the employee the employer does as well and so both sides need work and what happens is um, We fall into our careers a lot of times and we get stuck there and we really don't make a lot of um, Good decisions about the type of work We want to do until we've been doing something for so long that we just decide we hate it and we up and and leave And so when it's time to make a career change, the time to make that career change is not when you're at your wit's end. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's not when you're unemployed. (laughs) Wow. Um, Because everyone says, oh, well, I'm not working now. So that's a good time for me to get the job I, I, I love. No, the job you love is going to take you months to get it. Right now, you need to pay your bills and your mortgage and put food on the table. So right now you need to get a job. It will sustain you and will help you to be in the right frame of mind to then be able to make a decision about your career when you have the resources and the right mind, uh, the right mindset to be able to do it. So I think that's my my biggest piece of advice is that don't do it under stress, don't do it under duress, mm-hmm. do it when you have the ability to really think about it and take your time because, look, you know, finding a career that you love and making that
1: change, it is hard work and it's not something that you're going to do overnight. It's a long-tail process and, you know, it it requires a strategy, right? Long-term thinking, short-term tasks, right? Um, One foot in front of the other.
2: Definitely. So... What do you do? You know, you're able to give everyone else such great advice. And um, I'm quiet because I was listening to and thinking about how I've taken risk in my career. And I definitely was the person who, when I was in between jobs, I thought exactly what you said. (laughs) Like, this is a great time for me to do something new. So thank you for sharing that. But how do you keep going when you get stuck? Um. It's been hard, it has really been hard. And um, days
0: that I get stuck, you know, sometimes it's, it's my children, I look at them and I think, you know what, I have three daughters and I don't want them to say that mom gave up. So, and I also don't want them to think that life is easy. You know, it's like, you know what? Life is hard, life is tough. And sometimes you have to keep going even when you really don't want to. And so I have to be a role model for them. Um, but I will say that something that has really helped me rather recently was going to, um, the, the new museum that they opened up in DC for African-American history. Um, I went there last year 2018 and, um, had the opportunity to go through that museum and it starts off with slavery and it's really depressing and frankly, it pissed me off, you know, like, why am I here? Um. But as I went through it and I I looked at the struggle, it was just a, a visual reminder of the struggle that black people in this country have had and what they've had to do, the lunch counters, dealing with the police, dealing with just, you know, all the awful history of this country. And I thought, if they did not do those things, I could not sit here and complain about my job or what I need to do. I couldn't, I wouldn't have the privilege <laughs> to complain about these things. So I don't get to complain mm-hmm. because they they forged a path, a dangerous path, one that I don't know that I would have had the fortitude to, you know, to take. And if they were able to do that, then I can shut up and get my job done. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> that is what I think about when I get stuck. I literally think back, I visualize all the things I saw when I was in that museum. And it mm-hmm. reminds me of what the struggle that everyone before me has, has taken. And I tell myself, yep, you need to get up and keep going.
2: Mm. Well, that'll do it. And that's <laughs> that's great. Thank you for sharing that. And, uh, and you know, as an HR person, people don't always get it. But a lot of the reason we even have HR is because of that struggle you described and, you know, the sitting the sit-ins and the civil rights movement that's where human resources and a lot of our roles were created to just ensure fairness so that's great is there anything else that you need to know about stacy yeah i mean i think i
0: would say to just you know in terms of the inclusionomics podcast um you know this there's always those times when you you don't feel as though you belong and inclusion always kind of came out of that as well, because, you know, I got, there's so many, I mean, sure. So many of us that are listening to this, there's so many times where you've walked into a room and you see surprise on someone's face, like, Oh, 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 you're here. You know, I, I used to work in financial services. I used to go knock on doors. Um, and I remember showing up to a woman's house and when she went to let me in, she opened the door and she goes, Oh, you're black. And it's like, yeah, I am. Didn't realize that when you made the appointment over the phone, did you? Oh, I know. <laughs> and so, same thing. I worked in real estate and I was fumbling one time with keys. I was trying to get into the front gate of, of a building and I, the key wasn't working properly and I couldn't get in. And this white lady was looking at me from inside and she kind of walked up almost like she was going to let me in. And she kind of looked and then she just kept walking. She just had this look on her face, like, well, why are you trying to get in? And it's like, I'm standing here with keys and a bunch of real estate signs. And I'm wearing a, a, a real estate, a, a, what do you call those, a badge that has my name on it. And it says Keller Williams. Clearly, <laughs> I am trying to do an open house. You could have helped me out. But it was just, you know, things like that that happened over and over and over again. And um Sometimes you just need to vent. And Mm -hmm. so I think part of this podcast is just letting people know that, you know what, we're here, we understand, but don't let it stop you. You Mm -hmm. know, don't let it stop you from being your best self, from doing what you can do and from uh, moving forward and not being stuck. Okay. Well,
2: stay tuned for more from Stacy and Thiele and Lisa.
1: (laughs) That was wonderful.
2: It was wonderful. (laughs) You have been listening to Inclusionomics with Lisa Gates, Philae Thatch, and Stacey Gordon. Visit inclusionomics.net to subscribe and download.